Hey, I am Pastor Mike, and uh, I get the opportunity today to share with you. Amen. I think bef before I go any further, um, I just want to acknowledge my founding pastors, uh, my senior pastors, Pastor Jack C. and Pastor Michelle, um, Pastor Jack and Mary Jean, of course, um, our elders, uh, Robin and Steve Williamson, Virgil and Tanessa Maddox, just thank you. It's an honor for me to stand up here and to just be able to bring the word to you uh, because it's because of the fellowship that I have with them is the reason I stand here today, which is gonna be about my message today because it's gonna relate to, to that slideshow you just uh, saw. What you witnessed up there was fellowship. Amen. That was fellowship in its best form. That's what the fundraiser was about. We wanted the kids to be able to get, get, get together and be able to fellowship and create bonds, Christ-like bonds of that, that type of fellowship. So thank you guys, I'm humble. I'm honored, and uh, we're going to try to get you through this. And I hope you receive uh, everything that I have to say for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Before we get started, let's uh, go into prayer. Well, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the word that's going to come forth. Father, I thank you for the open minds and open hearts to receive. This service is going to be dedicated to you, that we give glory to you. We exhort you, Father, and exalt you. And uh, we just uh, lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fellowship. This is what I was led to talk to you about. I was praying and praying and praying, and it was all about fellowship. That's what kept coming back to me. And uh, perfect timing, like I say, to show that slideshow. So I look up the definition of fellowship, and it tells me that it was uh, holding, something, holding something in common, friendly, associated, a friendly association, especially with people of same interest. And that's great with a more biblical definition is, means a more intimate relationship. One that's deep-seated, one that's hearty, meaning from heart to heart. It's an intimate relationship. We're closely acquainted. So if we're sharing the same interests and those interests are, are of God, there's no reason why we shouldn't be fellowshipping. Amen? Because a spiritual, Fellowship is one that's going to be a mutual cooperation to produce God's work. Are you interested in God's work? God's worship. Are you interested in his worship? And God's will in this earth. Are you interested in his will? There's no reason why we should not be fellowshipping. We're all saying yes to the same thing. We have the same interest in, 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 in mind. So uh, think it. Think, Kind of thinking on that fellowship kind of brings, takes me back. Do you guys remember we did the outreach where we were uh, distributing the food in the community to those that were in need? That was a great outreach. There, we were doing God's business, kingdom business. We were forming bonds that cannot be broken, but yet it was all about fellowship. We were there encouraging those people, praying for those people, uh, standing in agreement with them. It, that, that's, what, that's what fellowship is all about. That's the kind of, can you turn me down just a little, please? Sorry, thank you. Can you still hear me? Okay. Um, but that's what it is. We're doing God's, we're doing his kingdom business. 
And we're forming bonds that will not be broken as long as God is in the middle of it. One of God's greatest desires, as we know, one of his greatest desires is for us to fellowship with him. Not only just with him, but with everyone, all of us as well should be fellowshipping with one another. That was his, that's one of his greatest desires. That's the reason why he created Adam. In Genesis 2, 2 verse 7, I think is when it says where he formed Adam. Guys, it was only 11 verses later, 11 verses later down to 218 where he says, it is not good for man to be alone. Therefore, I will create a, a, a helper that's suitable for him. And when he says a helper that's suitable for him, it's one that's right, one that's appropriate, one that's fitting. God did not create us to live a life of solitude. It didn't take him very long to figure that out. 11 verses later, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Therefore, he wanted us to fellowship with one another. Our, hey, I remember as a single man, and I was praying for a wife, and I was praying for a wife, and praying, and I was telling God all the things that I wanted. Well, God, I want this in her, and I want this in her, and I want this in her, and I want this in her. He was listening, and he was like, yeah. I, Psalms 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the, the, the desires of your heart. Amen? So he wanted to give me the wife, and he wanted to give me the wife, but I had to step back, and I had to realize all the things I was asking for, because I was asking for a lot of things that Michael wanted. And he says, I want to give you what you want, but I want to give you what you need. I want to give you someone that's suitable for you, someone who's going to be right, someone who's going to be appropriate, someone who's going to be fitting. Hallelujah, he blessed me with Chesley. <laughs> right? that, he balanced me out, you know, because I, when I thought about it, I was asking for another Michael with the things I was asking for. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> And, and, and the Bible says that we are uniquely and wonderfully made, which means we're different, right? And I needed that balance. So thank God that uh, he not only wanted to give me what I want, but he wanted to give me what I needed. And he wanted to give me someone who was going to be in fellowship with me. And when I say fellowship, again, someone who's going to stand in agreement with me, someone who's going to back me up, someone who's going to be praying with me, someone who, uh, who's going to encourage me, someone who's going to inspire me someone who's going to motivate me. There's a lot of times when I'm faced with different challenges in my life, but she's right there to build me up, fellowship. We were just talking the other day, but she was, about challenges. <laughs> about challenges, you know, that we all, hey, we all face challenges, right? We're no different. So we were, she and I were just talking and she came to me and she says, um, Hey, I just, I just want you to know, uh, you know, these things that we're facing, I just need you to, you know, sometimes just tell me it's going to be okay. Just tell me it's going to be okay. What, what she's telling me, just encourage me, you know, just build me up. She says, and to stand in agreement with me. Okay. All she's asking for is fellowship. That's what she was asking me for, my fellowship to stand in agreement with me, encourage me, inspire me. And, 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 and that's what we all want to be for each other to one another. Amen? You following me? Making sense? All right. Um, uh, as I was saying, God desires fellowship from Adam to now. 
He still desires fellowship. We say over and over again, God never changes. He doesn't. He desired fellowship then. He's still desiring fellowship today. You're going to hear the word fellowship come out of my mouth a lot today. He did not create us for a life of solitude. Um, Ecclesiastes 4.12. Can we pull that up? Or if you guys have your Bibles or Bible apps, Ecclesiastes 4.12. Take a look at that. I just, I want to read you the first part of it. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Stop right there. You can take it away, Jonathan. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. He could be conquered. This is what I'm saying. This is why we need fellowship. When we stand alone, we are left to our thoughts. That is the enemy's playground. You got to understand, if the enemy could get in here and play with this, eventually he'll make this believe it. Amen? This is his playground. When you're left to yourself alone, this is where you're going to get attacked. And what I mean by attack, those deceiving thoughts he will plant in your head. I'm depressed. I have no friends. No one likes me. I've done the worst. I'll never be accepted. They're judging me. I'm shameful. Condemned. This is where this is where he will attack you. This is where he'll defeat you if you belong there. That is what, hey, if you ever find yourself in the area right there, that is when you run to fellowship. You get there as fast as you can to have that circle around you where people can build you up and not let you fall into the, those lies that come from the pit of hell, that you're nobody, you're never going to be no one, and everyone's judging and everyone's looking at me this way because they know what I did. That is a lie. You get to a, a circle of fellowship, someone God-minded people, God-minded people think about God's desires. And God's desires is not for you to struggle with thoughts like that. They'll be there to build you up and get you out of that. Have that circle of fellowship. Have that circle of fellowship and do not get the enemy any time in your thought pattern. Rebuke him immediately. Amen? Um, uh, uh, Pastor Mary Jean was speaking earlier, was saying, what do we call God? We call him our father. We call him our friend. Yeah, we call him our friend. Um, in, in Proverbs 17, 17, you don't have to go there, Jonathan, but in Proverbs 17, 17, it says, a friend loves at all times. See, that's what I needed in my wife. I needed someone who's going to love me at all times. Even when I'm being challenged, She's still going to love me at all times. And that's what a father does. That's what our father does. He loves it at all times. God-minded people, that circle of fellowship I'm talking about, will be God-minded people. They will love you at all times. At all times. Also, later in that verse, Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times, but it also says a brother is born for adversity. Now, that doesn't mean that a brother is born to oppose you and to challenge you to go. It means a brother is there to stand beside you. That's what he's there for. And I need a brother that's born for adversity. You and I were born for someone else in this room. 
There is a gift, God-given gift that every one of us have that someone in this room needs. But if we're not fellowshipping with one another, we'll never figure that out. There is somebody, everyone in here has a gift to be offered to someone else. And we don't even have to go outside of the sanctuary to find out. Amen? Um, so one, probably one of the most famous verses where we talk about gathering together is Hebrews 10.25. Can we look at that one? Hebrews 10.25. We're doing good? Hang in, hang, in, hang in there. Won't be long, but it'll be strong. All right. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Let us not neglect our meeting together. That's fellowship. What comes out of that fellowship? But encouraging one another. This is what I'm getting at. We fellowship to encourage one another. Fellowship is not about just sitting down, having spaghetti, eating. You know, we make it about the food. Nothing's wrong with there. Nothing's wrong. The scriptures in the Bible say the breaking of bread. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's what it's about. It's about encouraging one another, building them up. I want to get my brother to the place that God has purposed him for. I want to build him up to where he can reach his destiny. But I need it also. I need you to get me to the place where I need to be, you know, which is, like I say, is so important to have that circle around you to build each other up in the faith. It's going to take faith to live this life, people. It's going to take faith. It's going to take faith for you to release some relationships and join others. It's going to take faith. I'm... I, 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 I'm not preaching to you about what I heard. I'm talking about what I experienced, all right? Like 20 years ago, you couldn't tell me that I'd be standing here because I was a part of some fellowship circles that was no good. I was born with. It took me 40 years to get out of that fellowship circle. But God, but God. It took 40, you know, and I, thought, I always thought, oh, there's no way I could get, I can't let this person go. We've been together for all our, you know, our parents were friends, you know, but it, it was, it was those relationships. They weren't, they weren't helpful to me. They weren't benefiting to me and neither was I to them. You know, God always has a plan of escape, right? I was able to walk out of those fellowships into different fellowships and I've never looked back. God always has a plan of escape. We, we have to evaluate the circle of fellowship that we involve ourselves with. Amen? Please. All right. Um, hey, right here in the church, right here in WHCC, we, as leaders, we, we, we endeavor to tr- create fellowships for you. Um, we've had women's meetings in the fellowship hall. They get together, have a great time. Men, with men, we've gone bowling, we've gone to baseball games, we've gone golfing, we've gone to breakfast. Um, we create these, we offer these so that you be, may join it. When things like that are offer, being offered, just as the Majesty said up here and mentioned corporate prayer, that is a time to fellowship. When things like that are being offered, be the first one to sign up. 
Do not neglect the assembling of ourselves. Be the first ones to sign up. This is where you're going to grow. This is where you're going to develop. This is where you're going to get edified, right? You're going to get inspired. You're going to get motivated. You know, just like I said when we earlier when we were doing the outreach, I, I came out of the outreach. I'm ready to do God's, more of God's business. I'm ready to get a part of another outreach. You know, it's why we stand here every Sunday morning to build you up. It's never, ever, ever a time I've come to church on a Sunday and I walk out of here feel, feeling torn down. I feel encouraged. I feel ready. I, let, let, let's go. Let's, let's do some more. You know, what can, how can, how else can I change? You know, my fellowship, my life changed when my circle of fellowship changed. My life changed when the people I felt fellowship with, when I changed those, my whole life took a whole different turn. It took an absolute turn. Thank, thank, you know, thank you, Lord. Um, <laughs> if you look at those pictures, that, that slide show, there was a lot of fellowship and that was taking place. There was a lot of encouraging taking place. There was a lot of edifying taking place. You know, when you're standing on the ground, you're looking at a roller coaster, it looks like it goes 100 feet in the air. You need some encouragement. I'm t yeah, I was one of them. And, 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 and raise your hand again. Sean, Sean's back there raising the hand. Let me use Sean as an example. And this is what I mean about encouraging. We were, on the, we, were, we were at Six Flags. Sean looked at a ride. He says, I'm not riding that. He says, I am not riding that. And the kids were trying to encourage, come on, Sean, you can do it, you can do it. Sean eventually rode it. Sean came off of that roller coaster and he says, I prayed before I got on that ride. <laughs> I, I, I was praying. I was really praying. I was standing in line. I was praying. Well, the other kids heard that. Guess what they started doing? They started praying before they got on something that they really didn't want to ride. That's what I'm saying. He encouraged others because of the fellowship. That's because of the fellowship. So that's what I'm saying. When we get in these groups, that's what it's about. It's about encouraging one another. So, um, um, you know, as we walk this earth, we, we, we talk about trying to model, our, model ourselves after Jesus Christ. And, you know, using Jesus as an example. Well, if we look at Jesus' life, what did he do? He fellowshiped. How many times did you read through the Bible and you hear of him in groups among the multitudes? Giving of what? He was giving of his time, his talent, his treasure. He was encouraging. He was teaching. That's what he was doing. That was his ministry. So if we're going to model ourselves after Jesus, I think we should be fellowshipping. And not neglecting being together, not, to, not, not to neglecting to spend time together, learn each other. You have no idea what you will learn from a person and how much you have in common unless you start fellowshipping with them. When I said earlier, there's someone in here, everyone in here has a gift to be offered to someone else. You never know it if you don't fellowship. If you feel disconnected, if any of you in here feel disconnected from the body, uh, reach out, introduce yourself, get a part of a fellowship. Don't wait to be asked. Go ahead, take the initiative and say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a part, I'm gonna get, let me get a part of this. Let me just join the, the corporate prayer. Let me just join the prayer room on a Sunday morning. Let me go sit in Sunday school. Those are all fellowships. 
You know, I think we look at it. As, no, those are fellowships. This is where you're gonna. This is where you're gonna grow again. This is where you're gonna start to develop. You know, where you're gonna start to mature in in Christ. Um, look, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. Can you look at that? Very familiar verse. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. We cannot do that when we stand alone. I can't sharpen any, anyone if I'm by myself. They can't sharpen me if I'm by myself. Iron sharpens iron just as one man sharpens another. And it's a perpetual cycle. We want it to be ongoing. We want it to be a perpetual cycle. Think about uh, Paul. After Paul, after the road, after, you know, having met, met, you know, met God on the road to Damascus, Paul came into Jerusalem wanting to preach, remember? He was like, I want to preach the gospel. They said, no, 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 no. We know who you are. You're Saul. You're the persecutor of the Christian church. But yet Barnabas says, this man's been teaching in the name of Jesus. Barnabas took Paul, trained him to be the evangelist, the evangelist that he ultimately became, probably the greatest evangelist we know, that we know of. What did he do? He taught it to Timothy. You get what I'm saying? I had to have someone to teach that to me and, and put into my life and plant that seed into me. You know, guess what? And now I'm up here sharing it with you. You know, we all get to the point, and that's what we, we want to keep the cycle going. It's not for me to keep and hold on to, right? We want to keep that cycle going. As I learn it, I want to pass it on. As they learn it, they pass it on and keep that cycle going. Just imagine if we take what we learn from the things of God and pass it on continually, how powerful we could stand against anything the enemy had to offer. Unstoppable. Un unstoppable if we would just do that. Um, so fellowship. I don't want to get too far because there are different types of fellowship. There's a fellowship that I'm a part of today. That was a fellowship I was a part of 20 years ago. There are different types of fellowship. They're all they're both influential. They're both influential. I was a part of a fellowship. They were building me up. They were building me up for failure. And likewise, I was doing the same to them. They were building me up to be an alcoholic. They were building me up to be a womanizer. They were, man, they were building me up. Just realize there are different types of fellowship. Be wise and choose accordingly. If it's not of one of God and God's desires and God's will, run as fast as you can and get, get to a fellowship where you're going to, if, if it doesn't bring glory to God, get out of here. Bottom line. Just want to just say it like that. Get out of there. They're very influential. Uh, I like this verse here. Second Corinthians 6, 14. Second Corinthians 6, 14. Got you using those Bibles today. 
Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Mm. Yeah, you say that again. Mm. How can light live with darkness? How can righteousness partner with wickedness? You can't do it. You can't do it. And I'm, uh, look, again, let's, let's go back to experience. Because I've been there. I tried to live darkness and I tried to have a little bit of light. I, I, you, you, you can't do it. This is what I do. Younger people, you'll know what I'm talking about. I tried to turn up on Saturday night. And I tried to cover up on Sunday morning. That don't work. It does not work. It does not work. I could try that on Saturday night. And man, I'm telling you, I'm and Sunday morning, I try to run the church and get that hour worth of service and try to cover it up. Uh, you know, it's like, tr- tr- you can't do it. You just can't do it. It, it, does, it does not work. Light cannot live with darkness. Now, this made sense in my mind, and I'm going to share it with you because this made sense in my mind. Light can't live with darkness. If you got darkness, you're trying to live a life of darkness, and you try to bring in that little bit of light, like I said, going to church, trying to get that church in on a Sunday morning. Darkness with a little bit of light makes you dim. That, it made sense to me when I thought about it. That makes you dim. A dim light cannot see the path of righteousness. It can't see it. It makes it hard to stay on the path of righteousness when it's dim. And we should be bright lights. We should stand out wherever we go. We should be, we should be stand out. We should not look like the world. You understand what I'm saying? Don't be dim. Dim is like being lukewarm. And he says he'll do what? He'll spit. He'll spit you out of his mouth. Don't. You cannot do that. All right? You, can't, you cannot, darkness cannot live with light. If you're living a life of darkness and you're trying to cover it up with a little bit of light, might as well accept the fact that you're living in darkness. Don't lie to yourself. First John 1 John 1.6. 1 John 1, 6. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. If you're, if you're, if, if you're living in darkness and you're trying to cover it up with a little bit of light, uh, light, you're lying. You're lying to yourself. You're not lying to God, right? You're not practicing the truth. You cannot, li- you don't do it. Don't even try it. Just get, get, give it up. You know, when, you, when your circle of fellowship change, your life will change. I, I couldn't party with those guys on Saturday night and then try to change and, and, and run with the Christians on Sunday morning. It didn't work. It just didn't work. All right. Okay. Um, now, the second part, I'm going to give you this verse, Ecclesiastes 4, 12. Go back to that. We read the first part about standing alone. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. We discussed that. Do not stand alone. When you're feeling attacked and going to be defeated, run to a group of fellowship. Run to it. But look at the second part. Here we go. Standing alone, you can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. 
For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. What if you had four people, five? What if you had a group of 10 people standing with you in agreement, praying with you, lifting you up, encouraging you? Uh, you're unstoppable. Just what I'm saying, it gets better and better. Strength in numbers. Get a, get a part of a group. There's strength in numbers. One is going to change your life. Now, this is a two-way street. Again, you don't join the fellowship group just to receive. It's all, you know, come on, build me up, guys. Build me up, build me up, build me up. But I have nothing to offer back. It's reciprocated. You know, you want to be the one also that's going to be able to give back into someone else's life. You want to build the next man up. You want to make sure that they get to, to fulfill their purpose that God has planned for them as well. You know, and encourage you to, to where you will be able to do, do so. Um, Again, because a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Each one, uh, again, I'll say it again, each one of us was born to help the next man out. When they are facing adverse situations, difficulties, misfortunes, whatever it may be, we're there to pick them up and get them where they need to be. And not to just leave them there. You know, we say, oh, I pray for you, brother. I pray. No, pray for them right then. You know, go ahead and pray for them right then. Not, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Um, again, when you surround yourself with God-minded people, they have God's desires on their mind. God-minded people keep God's desires on their minds, and they want to fulfill it in every way possible. Um, some advantages. Uh, I like to look at it, too. Here, uh, uh, an advantage to fellowship. Fellowship produces friendships. When me and my wife met, we fellowshiped. We became friends. We were friends before we were spouses. Fellowship produces friendship. Friendship produces relationships. Relationships produces companionships. You see where I'm going with that? <laughs> Single people that's looking to get married. Fellowship <laughs> produces friendship. Friendship produces relationship. Relationship produces companionship. Get a part of a fellowship. It can't hurt you. <laughs> it can't hurt you. No, we have all, hey, guys, we have all types of uh, examples of fellowship going on through the Bible. And just to name a few, do you remember Ruth and Naomi? That was great fellowship. How about uh, Jonathan and David? That was great fellowship. You know, this, he's, he's the prince. When it gets his father the king for David's sake. Jesus and Peter. That's great fellowship that, that was there. And they were nothing alike. Nothing alike. In the Bible, it, it, the Bible says you are uniquely and wonderfully made, meaning you are different. You don't want someone, I, again, I don't need another Michael. I needed a Chesley. I didn't need someone identical to me. You know? So it has nothing to do about, well, they're not like me. It doesn't have anything to do with that. You know, God and Abraham, undeniable, one of the greatest fellowships we had. God and Abraham. He poured into them. Told them, yes, you can. Yes, you can. So there are all types of fellowship. Amen? I, I want to share something with you. Um, and, and these were... Oh, 
how do I say it? Um, just to kind of give you a glimpse of the type of fellowship you want. So I've received text messages. They knew I had people knowing that I was going to be up here on a Sunday morning and they knew I was going to be here. But my circle, it's funny how I had no one in my circle of fellowship told me, are you crazy? <laughs> you really going to do that? Don't do that. Well, what if you mess up? What if you say the wrong thing? But no one liked that. I'm going to show you. So I took some text messages out of my phone, screenshot it, kind of edited it a little bit, but I want you to see one. Jonathan, show me. Prayers for you this morning. Tomorrow will be great. See you soon. It's encouraging, man. That's building me up. That's getting me ready. That was, that was yesterday morning. You're going to do great. I'm giving no room to the enemy to deceive me and tell me I'm going to crash. You know? Praying for you, sir. You're going to crush it. You're going to crush it. That's what you want around you. These are the kind of people you want around you. Show me another one. Praying for you. God is with you. You have help, the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your faithfulness. It's going to be a great service and day. Man, when God is for you, who could be against you? Who could be? This is, this is, we're, we're going all the way. Show me the next one. Here. Michael, B&G at Waterbury at 8 o'clock. Uh, and I wanted that to be the last. I want to share this one. That's, that's man text. I'm a, I'm a, uh, let me translate this for you. Hello, Michael. How are you? Would you like to join me for breakfast at Whataburger over biscuits and gravy? <laughs> Be there by 8 o'clock if so. That was... To, that was for to be there Saturday, yesterday morning, eight o'clock. I could have very easily said, that is early. To be there at eight, I got to leave at seven something. Never forsake the assembling of ourselves. I had no reason not to. And I knew the person that was asking me this, I was going to come out of that breakfast edified, ready for this morning. I knew I was. So let me, let me tell you some of the benefits of that breakfast. I was there, 8 o'clock on the dot. I was ready. The benefit, number one, they paid for it. <laughs> they paid for it. A free meal is always a good meal. Hey, man. Number two, there was conversation about the goodness of God. There was edification on this morning being great. And before we departed and went our separate ways, Hands were laid on me and prayed over me. Fellowship doesn't get any better than that. that, that you, you won't find a fellowship, fellowship better than that. Amen? Amen. Did you receive? It was good? You, under, you understood? The Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for getting, getting that across so you understand. So we did things a little bit out of order today, and, uh, and it was for a reason. Normally, the Maddoxes would meet you. Uh, say hello to you, give you announcements, and have you to greet one another. I wanted you to hear the message of fellowship. I wanted you to hear the message of fellowship today. Our pastor, uh, senior pastor, two weeks ago said something, and I was like, wow, yeah, that didn't make sense. He said, there are people sit over here that don't even know the people sit over here. We're 50 feet apart, but yet we call ourselves family. We should know our family. So I'm going to challenge you today. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm going to challenge you today. 
fellowship. Normally we say, hey, let's take let's take two minutes and let's do this. Let's take three minutes. Let's take four minutes. I'm going to ask you to greet someone that you've never met before. If you never said hello to before, look around the room. There's somebody in here you've never said hello to. And take the opportunity to get a chance to know them. Better yet, look, I dare you to take someone out to lunch today. I double dare you to have someone over at your house and fellowship with them. Amen? That's what it's all about, guys. Fellowship. All right? That's fellowship.